Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leap. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Welcome to the Rink Moose podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Neese. I'm joined by my acquaintance, Nicholas Costu, and we're about to take you through the top 10 fantasy center options, as well as three bus and three sleepers. Enjoy the show. So what do you want to do, Nick? Keep trekking on here, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll jump to the center position. So we're shifting over from the wing to center, yep. and uh, I'm just going to open up and say Connor McDavid's the best player in the NHL. <laughs> and uh, No arguments here. No argument from anybody. Um, he is my first overall ranked center, needless to say. And uh, I don't think I'm going to say anything else, Kyle. I'm just going to move right along. Well, that's all right, Nick. Yeah. Uh, I just don't. I just. I'd be wasting my energy. <laughs> Number two, Sid the Kid Crosby. Ooh. Okay. So you could very much make an argument for someone to, to creep up on him here because there's certainly a lot of talented centers here. Mm hmm. But the reality is, this is still Sid the Kid. This was this was the old McDavid, and and you shouldn't discount him from that. He can he can he can cover hit surprisingly. I was looking at his at his numbers uh, last night. He certainly can be a you know a, a, it, when you look at hits among these top centers, he certainly he certainly can contribute more in that respect than these other guys. Um, you know his team's going to be great. He's going to have you know on the power play. He's going to have. Kessel to play with. He's going to have Malkin to play with. He's going to have Latang to play with. He's going to have Hornfist to play with. Um, he, 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 you can't, you can't say much about him. He, he's, he's not a good, he's not a well-kept secret. You know, he's going to put up, you know, anywhere from 80 to 90 points, maybe even more. Maybe he comes out with a fire this year after being eliminated mm-hmm. by, by, by the caps early. And maybe we see him, you know, tired of this, talk of mcdavid winning mvp every year maybe we do see crosby put up an mvp like season maybe he does have one more left in him so i just again it's kind of like what we talked about with a uh you know with a guy like philip forsberg the ceiling is is still there you can see it if crosby puts up 100 points this year i won't be surprised so for that very reason he's number two on my list and uh yeah as long as he stays healthy uh, i expect big, big things from him this year Number three, Tyler Sagan. I like his uh, I like his shot totals. He's got arguably the, the highest number of shots in the league. When you look at these other centers here, he, he he's above them. He's a, he's above a Crosby. He's above a McDavid. He's above a McKinnon. He's above a Johnny T. So for that very reason, he, he deserves a, a high spot on this list. Um, I talked about it with Ben. He has the exposure. He's going to be playing with with Radulov and Ben at the very least. And and if he doesn't even strength, he's with them on the on the power play. Um, he, he just earned a juicy contract, so clearly he's been consistent enough year in, year, year in and year out to, uh, 
to deserve that. I know it was an expensive one too. So, you know, clearly he's doing his part every year. And uh, again, I, I think you can't, you know, you can't discount the fact Jim Montgomery's there. So I anticipate a higher point, you know, everyone's point totals to be bolstered simply because of this new coach and, and the fewer responsibilities, the fewer res- defensive responsibilities uh, these players are going to be saddled with night in and night out. So um, I like Sagan at three. And then four, I'm going to go with Kyle's favorite player in the NHL, Nathan McKinnon. Yes. Um, I, you know, he, I don't like him nearly as much as Kyle, but the, re- the reality is when you watch him, you can't discount his explosiveness. He is arguably the most explosive player in the NHL, just the way he plays, the way he skates, the, the way he passes the puck, shoots the puck. He's just a fun player to watch. Um, he's on arguably the best line in the league. Like Similarly, the argument we made with guys like Bergeron, Marshawn, and Pasternak, this is certainly right up there the whole Rantanen, McKinnon, and Landeskog line. Um, he's the kind of guy who could, you know, put play two minutes on a power play. Maybe they decide that he's such, such a presence that he, he should lead that second unit, especially when we talked about how Colorado doesn't really have much, you know, depth outside of that top line scoring-wise. So the shot totals are there. The power play points are there. The goals are certainly there. Um, definitely not not afraid of pegging the in in there at number four. And then at number five, I got Johnny T his new home in Toronto. I expect big things from him. Um, shot totals hover around just under 300. Um, the upside with his goal scoring can certainly be at 40, 40 plus. Um, the assist total should be high, especially playing with guys like Marner on, on even strength and on the power play with, you know, a, a Nylander or a Matthews or a Kadri. Just it, the numbers he put up in the the island were so good, and now you look at who he's playing with in Toronto, and it's it's just scary the uh, the potential. And and he's not even that old. He's in his, he's in his late twenties. He uh, he he can most certainly um, still con- contribute, and uh, you know he, he he stays healthy for the most part. Hasn't really missed too much time. Um, my only concern is how they juggle the 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 minutes with him and Matthews, especially on the power play. Um, that's my only little question mark here, and that's why I've, I've held him back at five. But for the most part, the new team excites me, and uh, and that's why I got him at five. I like it. Yeah, we again, I think we have one discrepancy, one difference okay. between our five. So it, it's a it's a good uh, it's a good comparison. So yeah, I'll I'll begin at number one again, Connor McDavid. Uh, this is a guy I personally scouted over this summer at his uh, his hometown right. in Newmarket. You know. Got some autographs, got some uh, signed pucks. Not really, but I, I did. I did go see him play. But yeah, all all sources say that he's looking uh, as good as he ever has in in camp. So we're gonna see uh, the same McDavid, if not if not better this year. He's only twenty one still. So my goodness, he's got room. He's got room to grow, Nick. It's crazy. <laughs> but uh, that that's Connor for you. Connor's gonna be Connor. And at number two, Sidney Crosby. With the golden goal, <laughs> uh, what like we we know what we're gonna get from Crosby. He's he's uh, he's just a guy. He's the clock that never stops ticking in terms of uh, how hard he works in the off season and how prepared he is for for seasons. He consistently puts up excellent numbers in most categories. As you said, uh, he he even covers things like hits. He's a great shot guy. That power play is likely one of the better ones in the league, um, and he's been actually very healthy of late. 
once we get past the the concussions and you look at his regular season, he's had some uh, some healthy seasons in the past four or five years. So that's a, that's a very positive sign. Uh, in my mind, Crosby is a lock for 90 points. I know he didn't quite uh, get that last year. I think he got 89. But uh, in my mind, look for 90 at least from Crosby. And don't be surprised if he goes over 100. Like you said, he's uh, he's still that good. When you, when you look at him, he passes the eye test as, yes, this guy can be the best player in, in the NHL. So that's Crosby for you. At number three, we have our breakout star, a shooting star, Nathan McKinnon. I love this player so, so dearly. He's, uh, when I was watching the playoffs last year, I, I was so, so close to just set, pushing the button and buying the jersey for a hundred bucks on, uh, on this player. I've got the utmost confidence in him. I think he's a top three skilled guy in the, in the entire NHL. Uh, he's got a wonderful supporting cast with Rantanen and Landeskog on that line. It looks like you got a little bit of everything there with Landeskog with the the grittiness and Rantanen the playmaker and McKinnon can do it all, as well as uh, Tyson Berry on the top power play unit. It just looks like everything is going to be uh, everything is going to be all systems go in Colorado this year, and and he's going to steer the ship. So another big one out of McKinnon. Don't be surprised if he puts up similar numbers to last year. Uh, number four is where we have a little bit of a discrepancy is uh, Austin Matthews, the wonder child of Toronto. Uh, we, we know he's a monster in the goals category. Uh, we know he's a great uh, shot taker as well. If he's healthy, he'll give you 40 goal, 40 plus goals relatively uh, safely. Uh, the reason I have Matthews so high on this list is I heard uh, a report lately, I think it was directly from Matthews, that he's going to get time on the quote-unquote top power play unit with uh, with those top guys. Now, last year, it was a big point of controversy because Matthews was technically on the second unit. So Matthews been, has been putting up these crazy numbers, and I just can't wait to see what he can do with that with those top guys on that top power play, as well as... Yeah, there's there's going to be a little bit of a challenge balancing ice time, but uh, I mean it's it's not not going to be anything new for him because he hasn't been getting super super minutes anyways. He's not like a twenty minute guy; he never has been. So uh, with that little boost in the power play and uh, and just the way things are looking in Toronto, I see Matthews as a, a safe bet at four. Definitely can't go wrong. And then at number five, we have got John Tavares, his uh, his buddy up the uh, up the street. So. Um, He'll play with one of the better playmakers in the entire league in Mitch Marner. I really believe uh, these two can s- sort of unlock each other's potential. Tavares has been one to to make those around him much better, and he's never really played with a, a guy of Marner's playmaking caliber. So that just that in itself has me just super, super excited about this duo. And uh, it almost makes me kind of want to take him just in case there's true, true magic between the two, but uh, we'll see how it goes. He's also a, a proven point-per-game guy. He's got an extremely high floor. He's going to give you very consistent production, um, but he might take a little time to adjust to the uh, to the Toronto environment and uh, and the new system. So uh, I'm going I'm to temper my expectations in the early season, but I, I know this player will uh, will figure it out for sure. So yeah, that's my top five. Well, first thing I'll say is I'm shocked you don't have to say again there. Yeah. Um, especially after you having owned him last year, so I'm a little surprised to hear that. Yeah. And uh, and my second takeaway is 
how the hell are they going to have Tavares and Matthews on the same unit? I don't know. That's uh, that's for that's for them to figure out. I don't know who's going to come in and come out, but uh, they uh, that's what he said in a, in the interview. He expects to be on that top unit. So he said that, or Babcock said that. Uh, he said that. So I guess that's probably coming uh, from. I wouldn't. Babcock. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't read into that. He can come say whatever. He, he can say whatever he wants. It's it's not going to happen unless the the Babcock wants it to happen. Well, well. I still think he's a safe bet at number four. I, I'll I'll explain Sagan uh, at, at at my number six because there there's a there's one thing that worries me about. Well, there's one thing I want to point out about him. Put it that way. Alrighty. Well, uh, I will go with number six here, and I'm going to go with Stevie Stamkos. Um, reason I'm going with him is uh, you just look at his production. I mean, the reality is in his second year in the NHL, 95 points. Third year in the NHL, 91 points. Fourth year in the NHL, 97 points. Okay, and then you got you had a bit of a rut. He, he got injured from time to time, but he still was a point per game player. Uh, and, uh, and and the reality is now that you've had this kind of youthful exuberance thrown into Tampa. You have Kucherov, who's a very young talent now thrown in there. You have a uh, you have a Braden Point, a very young talent there. You have a Yanni Gord, uh, a healthy talent there. Palat, uh, Tyler Johnson. I mean, just the, the talent on this team from the forward perspective. And, uh, and just with all the tools he's going to have to play with around him, uh, it, it, it's scary, uh, the production he can put up. Last year, 86 points in 78 points, or in 78 games. That that's the kind of stuff I'd look for in a guy who's ranked sixth in my center rankings. So, um, I, I like Stamkos there, and uh, no problems with that. Uh, number seven, I got uh, Evgeny Malkin. Uh, the points speak for themselves. He's certainly a point per game guy. Just the big question mark with this player historically has been health. Uh, he seemingly misses 10 to 20 games every year. And yet he still finds a way to to come out of the season with a respectable point total because he's playing with guys like Kessel and Crosby on a night to night basis. Uh, you love the the big brooding force. He definitely puts up lots of shots. Uh, definitely can throw the body around too. So Evgeny Malkin is you know almost always a top ten fantasy player. Um, you know the ceiling is very high if he can stay healthy, but ultimately that hasn't been the case, and that's why I have him. Uh, down at seven, where you know a lot of people I've seen have had no problem putting the, putting him in their top five. So I got him at seven. Uh, number eight, I got Austin Matthews. I was considering putting him in that territory you had him in. It's just the only reason I had him was because of the question mark surrounding how Babcock's going to deploy all these talents. But I've been you know hearing reports about how his skating has improved dramatically this past summer. He's he's now a fantastic skater all of a sudden. You always know he's got a great shot, a fantastic shot. We've seen it on display countless times. Um, the shot total is very high as well. Um, can most certainly score 40 goals, maybe can even score 50 goals. This could most certainly be a 50-goal score in the NHL. Um, and, hey, I was listening to the, to the Pierre Maguire today. He made a bold prediction. He said Austin Matthews is going to get over 100 points. Jeez. So uh, so there you go. You heard it from uh, the legend right there. And, uh, hey, he, he, he's got a knack for getting things right. So uh, I'll put my faith in, I'll put my faith in Pierre there. 
And uh, if he's going to put up 100 points, then he, he's, he's top five center territory for sure. So here you so, are giving me shit when your favorite guy says he'll do even better than I say. He's well, he, he, must, he must have something. He must know for a fact uh, Ma- uh, Matthews is going to play on that top PP, and there's going to be no, uh, no controversy with splitting up time between him and Tavares. So mm. if Pierre's got the inside scoop, I'm going to take him up on it. So, uh, <laughs> so there, there's Matthews. So eight, but, you know, obviously – the ceiling he could be so much higher than that matthews on this list could be as high as three so uh we'll Ooh. see um number nine jack eichel Ooh, the eichel. bud light jack bud light jack is number nine i love jack eichel i think he's he's always been he skates like a chicken he's got a weird ass way of skating <laughs> but you know not the most sexiest player on the ice but boy oh boy can he shoot the puck he can make plays with his with his teammates He's going to have a bunch more talent to play with this year, with with the influx of players like Skinner, um, it just it, and, and Middlestat and, and Dalim. He's going to have this supporting cast that play to play with. He's shown he can be a point per game guy when healthy. He just has had a hard time staying healthy. Um, I, I think if he can put together a healthy season, which I think now is the time to do so, um, you could see him being kind of in that Matthews territory where lots of people don't expect much from him. But all of a sudden, he's healthy, and you wake up, and he's got, you know, north of 80 points. So I can most certainly see that being the case with Eichel. And, uh, you know, plus minus obviously will take a hit. I mean, that's what you're going to get playing for a team like Buffalo. Um, but that aside, he's going to he's gonna most certainly cover goals. I, I could most certainly see him scoring 40 this year. So, uh, yeah, no problem having Jack at 9. And then uh, 10, I got uh, Barkov, the newest captain of the uh, Florida Panthers. Mm. And uh, what I will, he, actually, he's not called Alexander Barkov. He's called Sasha Barkov. Did you know Sasha. that? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've, I've heard that. Yeah. Pierre, Pierre told me that. So I found that pretty interesting. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I think, you know, this has been a guy, not the sexiest name. Um, but I mean, you can't discount the consistency. He consistently, when healthy, puts up the points. He has a better cast now with the with Hoffman there, and you know he's going to be on that first power play again, kind of like Malkin, a, a big kind of centerman. You know he can uh, he's going to cover shots, can cover hits. Um, you know power play points. If if this power play is as good as it looks like it's going to be, can most certainly get close to you know the high twenties, maybe even thirty. Um, plus minus should be good. Florida should be a playoff team. We both have them in that range. Um, I, I like the player a lot and, uh, in, in, in a keeper league, even more value cause he's still young and, uh, yeah, no problem with, uh, with putting Barkov there to, to end the list at number 10. Very nice. Good for him getting the captaincy. I think he deserves it. Um, so I'll oh, start, yeah. uh, I'll start my thing at number six with, uh, Tyler Sagan. Oh, where do we begin? He's a shot monster. He's a consistent point getter. This is an improved Dallas team offensively with the new coach and uh, Nichushkin coming in. He's got excellent line mates. Uh, the reason why I had uh, Matthews over Sagan is just uh, if I look at it at a pure skills standpoint, Matthews got the, got the better skills as well as uh, Sagan's been in the league quite a while he's shown us what we what he can do i think he's got a lower ceiling than uh some of the guys in the top five like i i wouldn't be surprised if matthews and Tavares uh flirt with 90 
I would be very surprised if Sagan gets around 90 just because his career high is about 84, I think. 84. And also there's a risk of breaking up that top line and that uh, that hurting his his production there. So again, like fantastic guy. Definitely, definitely number six. Like there's no way anyone else is challenging him there, but that's why I just got Matthews a little bit, a little bit higher. Um, number seven, I have Gino Malkin. Uh, what can we say about this guy? If he was, if he was a healthy guy, then he'd be higher. There's, there's no question. Uh, he's got consistently top five point per game in the league. He's the kind of guy that can get 85 to 90 in about 70 games. He's, uh, he's just a, a, a force out there. There's nothing else you can say about him. He's playing on a Pittsburgh team where the power play is unbelievable and he plays behind Crosby. So sometimes he gets uh, favorable defensive matchups. Uh, he's, it depends on the year for him. Like if, if you're lucky, you get 78 games and, and he dazzles you with his point production. But if you're unlucky, he could get 65 to 70 and he'll still be fantastic because when he is playing, he's that good. But just something to, something to be careful about. Uh, number eight, Steven Stamkos. Um, like all the reasons you said, he, he's a great uh, he's a great player. He he was a great goal scorer. Uh, the one reason I don't have him higher, or maybe to justify the eighth position, is he didn't put up a lot of goals last year. For some reason, he saw he saw a little switch there. He's not really the go-to top scorer on the team anymore because that's Nikita Kucherov. Uh, but he still has elite deployment, elite line mates. Um, but yeah, if, if he had more goals there, or more like the 40 plus that he was putting up earlier in his career, then I'd, I'd have no hesitation taking him. But, uh, the fact that he's not the, uh, that high end goal threat, well, he probably still is talent wise, but I'm just not sure I could see 40 out, out of him this year. Cause I don't know if I, if him and Kucherov can get 40 on the same line. That would just be, uh, that'd be, that'd be crazy. But yeah, that's, that's why I got Stamkos there. Uh, then I got my boy Bud Light Jack. Um, me, you and I have both fell in love with this player since uh, since the beginning, since we saw him chug that Bud Light at his at his <laughs> high school party. It was uh, just a fantastic welcome to the NHL moment. Um, I think you even yelled at him when we were at the uh, the red carpet event, and he right. appreciate it. So there's a connection there. Uh, but my goodness, Jack, if he's healthy, can do it all. He is a uh, he's got one of the best shots in the league in my opinion. Uh, he he can easily hit forty goals, forty assists. Uh, it's just about the health, and he he's an excellent shot taker. Even though it doesn't always show because he's missed a lot of games, he can be an easy three hundred plus shot guy. He can be like a Sagan type shooter, but at the same time, uh, but just a, a little bit of a different uh, different upside to him because I think he's got a 90 point threat even this year based on uh his new line mates and, and just his potential and his uh his development it's there's a lot of exciting things about jack eichel and i'm i'm gonna keep a close eye on him i'm not gonna let him go too long so we'll see what happens on sunday nick we will see what happens mm-hmm. um number 10 uh might surprise some people but uh i'm gonna give it a go mark shifley uh, Shifley is capable of finishing, uh, in the top three in points. He's, he's super talented on, on a team that is stacked top to bottom. He does have those health issues and, uh, he doesn't cover peripherals, um, 
as well as I might like. Although if he does increase his shot rates this year, which is definitely possible, then uh, he could be a seriously, seriously dangerous guy. I saw him in the playoffs last year, and the guy was the guy was taking this team on his back. It was just outstanding to watch. So if he can find any of that magic and, and put it on in consistently, then Shifley's just uh, he he can he can threaten uh, the top three in points. I I really believe that. Probably not gonna touch McDavid, but definitely in a 90 point potential, maybe even higher. So that's why I have uh, Mark Shifley in number 10. What about the shot totals though? How can you justify putting a guy who's going to have 170 shots in a season mm-hmm. 10th in your list? That That's what holds him back in my mind. The The reason is I think if, if he gets to 200, even 200, and that's low. If he gets to 200, then it's just like, Man, this guy's just got so much, so much potential. Sure. I, I saw him like when you watch him in the playoffs last year. Like, he he can he can hit a hundred. He's he's that talented as as a guy. He's he, it's a sort of a Goudreau situation, but uh, I don't know. I, like if he does increase those shots, then uh, then I love the player. But at the same time, I, I'm gonna have something to say about him a little bit later on as well. So. Alrighty, now to uh, sleepers and busts. Uh, I'll be very brief here, um, given you know we still got three positions to go. So mm-hmm. I got a uh, number one sleeper, Jeffrey Carter of the L.A. Kings. Oh, God, Jeff, another King. Again, I, I've talked about it. I talked about him in the West in the in the Pacific preview. Love <laughs> the player. Consistently puts up over sixty points a year. High shot totals. The kind of guy who likes to have the puck. Likes to shoot the puck. Um, boy, oh boy! And and when you where you look where he's going in drafts, I mean, you 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 gotta love this. The the value you're getting in a guy like Jeff Carter, just pulling it up right here. Um, he's going about the uh, where is it here? Yeah, he's going the 140th pick in a draft, which is just nuts for a guy who could you know very potentially have no problem. Uh, putting things up like 31 goals, 32 assists, 63 points, 250 shots, um, you know, making a presence on the power play with what should be a potent unit with Kovalchuk and Dowdy. Um, I just, I love the player. He's going to have, he's going to be reunited with the Foley and Pearson on, on even strength. That 70s line, uh, it's back, and, uh, and I'm excited. So I have no problem putting him there. Um, second sleeper, Alex Galchenyuk. Um, I, I, we talked about this in the Pacific preview as well. I like how he's now out of the drama in Montreal. He doesn't have to worry about the defensive side of the ice anymore. Um, this is a guy who is, you know, going very late in the latter 100s, about pick 170. And uh, boy, oh boy, that late in a draft. Um, to get a guy who could easily put up 30 goals, who could easily put up, you know, around 220 shots, who can have something like, 25 power play points to get that kind of value out of the 180th pick i think is just absurd um so i don't think people should sleep on him i know you'll look at the numbers in montreal of late and go eh not so much but this was a guy who was almost a point per game player once in montreal for about the first quarter to a third of the season so the potential's there everyone in montreal wishes they still had him because they know they just lost a good one so i like uh i like uh galchenyuk there as a sleeper and my third sleeper, which is, you know, related to Montreal, is uh, the master of the flow himself, Jonathan Drouin. Oh, 
why he, didn't I he, think of this? He looks like a hockey player now. Wow, he just, he just, he finally. Just, he's got that hockey player look, and it is gonna it is gonna pay off. We were watching a preseason game yesterday. The way his hair was just bouncing up and down and flowing on the ice, <laughs> it, it, it was it was incredible. Um, this guy just he's had glimpses of a great player. You've seen the great shot. He doesn't like to use it a lot. But boy, oh boy, if he can just harness that part of his game and not be afraid to use it more, this guy could easily put up 230 shots in a year. Um, he could he could score, you know, a, a, a pundit I have respected, Ray Ferraro. He said this guy can score 30 goals in his sleep, um, which 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 I don't, I don't disagree with. Uh, the assists, you know, they can be there. You know he's one of the best playmakers in the NHL. We, you saw him with, you know, in junior. He, you don't need to say anything about him. He's, your, he's one of your favorite players. Um, so yeah, I have no problem, uh, putting him as a sleeper cause he's going absurdly low in drafts in some drafts. He's not even being drafted. Yeah. So people should not sleep on this name. This guy could put up numbers that a guy who you're taking with your ninth pick in a draft is putting up easily. So please do not sleep on this player. I implore everybody to take Jonathan. Throwing. Wow, Nick. Excellent, excellent analysis. I can't believe I didn't think of that, but it's it's good that we have different different players. But yeah. Joe Dro is coming this year. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I'm gonna make mine even more brief than than you did. I'm gonna give uh just very brief points on, on my three guys. Uh of the first guy is someone I've talked about on multiple occasions, Nico Heischer. Again, that first overall draft pick, tons of hype, uh great rookie year, low fifties. Um, but he got very little power play points there. So that is going to go up. He also plays with one of the best wingers in the game, and his natural growth of being a young guy will uh, will propel him even more. So um, definitely a guy I'm going to keep an eye on. Number two, someone that you might uh, have, have a soft spot for, Ryan O'Reilly, who just got traded to St. Louis. You have to scroll a very long way to find him in your Yahoo Fantasy he is almost forgotten at this point. When I, when wow. I, at least when I'm drafting, I don't, I don't really understand because he's been a consistent point getter even on teams like Buffalo. Uh, he had 61 last year with decent overall shot rates and hits. And actually, I, I don't think he's uh, much of a hitter. 42 last year, so forget about hits. But uh, the plus minus is going to clean right up in St. Louis. Um, and he, he has potential to get on that top power play just for his face-off ability. So if he's on that first unit, like, this guy can take off. I mean, there's no reason he should be going as low as he is because he's, he's a lock for at least 60, and he's got a decent ceiling as well. Um, another guy that you, you can barely find in, in drafts, he goes along with uh, Jonathan Drouin there, is uh, Bo Horvat in Vancouver. Uh, he's still got a very low average draft p- p- position, and he could form a, a very lethal duo with Brock Besser. And he's going to get top-line minutes everywhere he goes. Power play, 5-on-5, five five, and there's uh, there's some real talent on this on this roster, even though they're not a great team. Uh, Besser's a, a, an excellent scorer, and uh, him and Horvat could form a really nice duo. And uh, you got guys like Pedersen who can help out the power play, and I know Edler is going to be on that uh, that blue line. He's not amazing, but he can definitely quarterback a, a power play. So yeah, Horvat I, I see as a guy who can easily, without uh, without trying very hard, put up sixty points. So uh, definitely, if you're in a deeper draft, don't let Horvat go too far either. 
Already. Well, yeah, no, I, I like those picks. I like the O'Reilly pick. I like the, I like the Besser pick. Um, sorry, you didn't, you didn't or, say or Besser. That. You said Horvat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I like Horvat too. Very, very much so. He'll get exposure to Besser. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, that's great. Um, all right, busts. Busts. We will start with William Carlson. Mm -hmm. You talked, you talked about him in your segment, and I agree. Historically high shooting percentage. He can't possibly keep that up. This was a guy who, in Columbus, was a, was a depth bottom six forward and all of a sudden exploded in Vegas and all the much to him. Um, I dropped him in fantasy last year. I, I had to make an executive decision between Mark Gisot and Carlson. Mm. And, you know, I, th I think I made the better decision. But still, mm -hmm. with that said, Carlson, this guy still put up over 40 goals. So, um, you know, that is not going to keep up. And again, this is not ridiculing the player. This is not saying this is a bad player all of a sudden. Like, I certainly think he can he can come close to repeating what he did last year, but still, what he did last year, it, he will not be there this year, and that's ultimately why I have him as a bust um, for that very reason that we've spoken about. Um, second bust, Sean Couturier. Um, mm. Again, this was a guy who was in the what was he close to 100 points last year? Uh, Sean Couturier was around 80 last year. Oh, around 80. Okay, well, still, I, I still saw this as a player who he, when you look at his, you know, previous seasons, he still, his point total was exponentially higher than past years. Um, so, I don't know. And, and also, with the uncertainty as to who plays center on the first unit, is it going to be Nolan Patrick? Is it going to be Couturier? Do you have a, a one and a two power play? Do you have a one A and one B power play? Um, that is, uh, you know, it, it's, again, it's, it's question marks that, you know, haven't been addressed yet, and until they have been, I would have reservations on this player. So, um, Sean Couturier, you know, again, not even that much of a shot total kind of guy, more of a playmaking center. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I can't justify taking him where he's going in drafts, which is um, very high from what I see here. Um, yeah, he, he, he's, he's going in a range with, with players – whom I, I, I don't think he has any business being around. So I, I have reservations on him. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's going around the, uh, you know, Braden Point, um, Eric Stahl kind of range. I, mm. I, I'd have some reservations on him. Yep. Um, and, and my third bust, and this kind of relates to Duran, is uh, I've got Matty Barzell as a oh, bust. Oh, you ass. And you know why he's going to be a bust? Because you're jealous of his skills? Because unlike Drew-Ann, he had to get his flow chopped for this. Oh. He's under the Lamorello curse. He had, oh. to, get, he had to get the flow chopped. And wow. for, for that very reason, he will not be the player he was last year. Mm. Case closed. I'm not talking anymore about this player. That's Nick's reason. Wow, that is terrible. Yep. Expert analysis. All right. Well, I'll yeah, I'll I'll be brief here with my bus. Uh, the first one's my favorite. It's uh, Anje Kopitar. Um, there's just no way he's getting to 92 again. I don't think there's any way he gets to 85 again. This player, my goodness. Uh, no, no. In in all seriousness, uh, great player, but uh, he's been v pretty consistent over his career as a high 70s kind of guy. Uh, I know the the previous season he had a really down year. And then this year he had the 92. So look to look for it to even out around the, the high 70 range. So 
I know a lot of people are going to get a little excited with the 92 and they might even think 90 uh, or sorry, high 80s. But I uh, I think he's more of a more of a conservative guy, more defensively sound. And he's going to put up a high 70, which is great. It's great, but not uh, not where I think um, he's being drafted. Uh, next, we're going to go to Ryan Getzlaf. Uh, and I don't know, like it's not necessarily about his uh, average draft position. It, it's more the fact that he's got uh, serious injury troubles lately. And I, I don't want that problem on my hands. He's a, he's a great player when he's healthy, but he doesn't score uh, like almost at all. Like <laughs> I, I get very frustrated because he puts up such great point totals and they're all assists. So my goodness, uh, come on, get some, uh, get some shots in there. But so yeah, you, you can draft them if you're, just grabbing for the assists, but he, he's another one of those one-dimensional guys and uh, the injury troubles, let those be someone else's troubles, seriously. Um, also, he's getting a little old. Uh, now, Bust, it kind of goes against what I said earlier, but I, I'm going to go for it. Uh, Mark Shifley. Um, a lot of the same reasons I've been saying, uh, he, he's a guy that doesn't shoot a lot. He, he can shoot more, and I think that's very possible this year. And the guy with injury trouble. So, Again, if healthy, great, but um, I mean, he's got super, super high potential, like I said, but do I don't necessarily want to make this my worry, you know, especially that early in the draft. Uh, he's not someone I'd roll the dice on uh, necessarily, and unless he falls to like the, you know, fourth, third, third to fourth round, then, then I'm okay. But, uh, but yeah, uh, injury trouble and... Um, not a lot of shots. So, but again, he he could light it up for someone else. I just don't want that stress on my uh, on my fourth overall kind of pick. So, yeah, that's that's my bus for the center position. Yeah, no, I, it's interesting how the guy who you know cracked your top ten is mm-hmm. a bust at the same time. Yep. But you, but your points aren't wrong. I mean, the, the ceiling's there because you you could see the potential when he is healthy. But then obviously the the, the kind of dumpsters there as well because this has been a guy who, who has faced injuries. So, yeah, you're absolutely right in that respect. All righty, Nick. Great job there. Some truly dazzling analysis there on some of the NHL's best centermen as well as some to avoid. Uh, I think that pretty well wraps up the center position, and we'll see you guys next time on the right-wing previews on the Rink Moose podcast.